uh, we're going to try and be spoiler free as much as possible. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. First. Oh, you want to go, go first? You go first. Oh, I'm going first. Okay, go let's well, all go first. No, 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 all no, no, right. first. So okay, so my I love. One of my I just could not believe how good. definitely <laughs> was. Um, Black we Panther. all know Black Panther. I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You you go ahead first. One of my favorites of the last decade was Blade Runner 2049. Hello. Welcome to this podcast is not for you. My name is Wes. My name is Jake. And I'm, uh, my name is Peyton. Sorry. Welcome to episode two of season two. Okay, we're not talking about The Office yet, of season two of The Office. Right, yes. That's going to be a later yeah, thing. We're talking season two. This podcast is not for you. Yeah, we are. But we're not talking <laughs> season this two. this bit going for <laughs> as long as possible. Yep, 30 episodes in, we're going to still be doing it. So today, we are talking about the best movies of the last decade, 2010 through 2020. Uh, we had a little bit of debate about whether 2020 counts in the decade, but we decided to, you know, 2020 got a bad rap. It gets to go in with the decade. Heck, only four movies came out that year. Yeah. We can include it. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll throw it a bone. Participation yeah. trophy twenty twenty. Sure, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. So, just initial thoughts about that decade. Okay, what are our general thoughts? Do we? How do we think it compares to previous decades? Was it a good decade? Rough decade? General feelings? Go anybody? I don't know. I I mean, there's some good ones. There's some really good ones in there. I think the previous decade is better. I think stronger, almost in every art form too. Like music was stronger, I think, in the two thousands. Movies were higher quality in the two thousands. I think television overall. improved in the last decade, yeah. more so than. But blockbuster movies in the two thousands, I think, were stronger than this decade. That's probably fair, Jacob. I feel like if you had to define the decade, and I know we were just talking about this, but it would be by superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those made my lists, but yep. um, just so many of them were massive, like financial successes. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, unfortunately, because Iron how, Man was 2010, right? Was that Iron I think Man? It was 2009. One? I think it was 09 as well. Oh, okay. Um, but and, and we'll throw that into the decade too. <laughs> if you're listening, round up. You, if you are a massive Marvel head, you probably know if we're right or wrong. Um, but I think it was 09. Um, anyway, but yeah, and then that jump started 50 million Marvel movies in five years and you know, whatever. I I would say that's the definition of the last decade is because so much of it was it. You're not a nerd anymore. If you listen, if you watch Marvel movies, yeah, it's, it's normal. You're in the masses. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I feel like that's how you would define it. And for that, uh, I would say that it probably was lesser than the 2000 to 2010, 2000, yep. whatever. Um, so I, I would say that it, it's not it that they got, got worse. just kind of got cluttered up with that. Yeah, it's not yep. that they got worse. Because I think, I mean, we can go to the next section of your outline, I guess, if you want me to. But I feel like a lot of my favorite movies came out in. Yeah, I was going to ask, so. are, is anyone's like all-time favorites in this without necessarily getting into specific titles quite yet? You said you've got a couple all-time faves in it? Definitely, yeah. Um, so... I mean, and there's a freaking three-year three, three year run there where... And so that's what's interesting when I was going back and looking. It's like, oh, maybe I was in a time of my life where I was, you know, 
watching movie le- movies heavily, like investing in them a lot more than you know what I did the next couple of years or the year before mm-hmm. or whatever. Because when I'm looking through here, the timeline of what came out, it's like boom, 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 boom. It's like four or five years where honorable mention or top five of the decade. Yeah, all in the same, you know. So yeah, and just so you know, when we get into this, we're gonna we each have our top picks from the decade, and we've got a couple honorable mentions in there. So that's what Jake's talking Spoiler about. Spoiler alert! Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Peyton. How about you? Any like all-time favorites from the decade, or I don't think so. I've got some that are floating, like they're right around it. They, oh, how many all-time favorites are we talking? Top five? Top yeah, 10? like if they're in your top five, top ten, somewhere in there. There might be a couple. Yeah. 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 I would say there's there's three or four maybe that make it into my like all-time favorites as well from the last ten years. From the last ten years, I I would say some of my biggest all-time favorites are in the previous decade yeah but um, so three in the top 10 let's say is that what you're saying yeah, yeah that's probably. a pretty good decade yeah then, that's right? not too bad um out of all the decades sure let's get into we we kind of did a little bit of or i kind of did a little bit of research looking at some top lists from a bunch of different publications um i can kind of i'll have Jake put those in the description so you can see those lists. Um, but I kind of compiled some titles that were common amongst these different lists. And these are ones that didn't make our lists, our personal ones, but I thought we w- we should kind of talk about them. Okay? Especially, yes, yeah, like you said, especially if they were consistently. Yeah, they were consistently. They were in different, Esquire, IGN. They were yeah. in different spots on the list, ranking-wise. Okay. Okay. But... Um, these were all pretty much common across the board. Okay, so going through them, we'll just briefly talk about them. Boyhood. General thoughts on Boyhood. I didn't see it. It took 12 years to make. That's the biggest thing. I heard thing. about it's that. Like, yeah. It's insane, but the movie was fine. Like I thought the movie was really boring. Yeah. But, like, good job, I guess. I mean, that's freaking crazy. Yeah. They, they only filmed on 39 days mm-hmm. throughout 10 years. That's just yeah. so crazy to me. So, and I always wonder how that went. Like, you get a call, and you're like, That's hey, we're coming tomorrow. <laughs> like, I think that is why the movie's not really about very much. Like, right. not a lot happens in it, because they couldn't plan on specific things, so they had to yeah. make it very broad. But once upon a time in Hollywood, I stopped watching about 20 minutes in. But that's... Maybe my personal feelings about Quentin Tarantino. I was going to say, do you have something against the director? Uh, he's my best friend, and I feel too close to it. Uh, no, An I interesting was turn there. I was very bored. Uh, even twenty minutes in, I didn't care really. I've seen plenty of movies about actors in Hollywood, and I'm kind of good. Peyton and I watched Mank, which is directed by David Fincher, and it's about a screenwriter making Citizen Kane, and I really didn't like it yeah like i was very angry it was really disappointing but i think i'm kind of burnt out on movies about making movies i was thinking that halfway through i was like man hollywood loves nothing more than just to make movies about yeah Mm. for sure and Uh, five years ago i would have been all on board i think but mm. Mm. i think there's still you can still do it pretty well once upon a time in hollywood definitely does not go higher than middle of the road i mean it can't get up higher than that Jacob? I liked it. I think I've seen it three times. I saw it once, and then I saw it again in theaters, and then they brought it back for award season with the extended, like, you know, the director's cut was in theaters, which is super cool. There was a director's cut that was longer? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And so, and I think it was, you know, when I had Regal or 
movie pass or one of the two and it has one of the funniest scenes in the last decade in my opinion is when he's just yelling when DiCaprio's just yelling at himself in his trailer I I don't think I've kept laughing that hard and Except for in Rise of Skywalker, yeah, Rise yeah. Of Skywalker. I, la- I laughed harder then, but I think that's it was, the only instance. It where was uh, Dominic Monaghan that his little bit part in Star Wars, and I don't remember. Chewie that. gets Chewie gets shot, or like it's right after. No, he can tell Leia died. Oh and yeah, he's like really bummed that he's yeah. on these boxes, and he and runs over and he's like, "It's okay, buddy." <laughs> and then Chewie's like, "Oh yeah, it is okay." Like, I literally, when I saw the Rise of Skywalker the second time, I was watching new movie for the n- minute after that. It I, was a comedy. I didn't even watch. That's true. The movie yeah, he that. didn't. He didn't know what happened in that five minute span. It was so crazy. So I think well, I laughed harder there. But in uh, Once Upon a Time, when yeah. DiCaprio's yelling at himself. In his trailer, it's really mm. funny. After like biffing it, you know. Yeah. Next, Ladybird. Didn't see it. We saw it together, I think. No we previews. No that previews. was that yep. was uh, a <laughs> yeah. That also was. brought back award season. Yeah. Um, Just that. Hey, real quick disclaimer: If you're ever at a Regal during award season and they're bringing back the award, don't get popcorn. Don't get popcorn. Late. They don't show previews, so it's just right at showtime. It's the movie. Yeah. Um. Uh, obviously, I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it during award season when they brought it back, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was good. I thought the thing about coming of age movies is I think the thing they fall into too much um, is you've got a, a an adult writer writing for a child, yeah, and it doesn't really land as like realistic. It's clever and and really fun to watch, but as like rewatchability, I don't think it has that much, right. Jake, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. It was on my uh, full list. It didn't make my top five or honorable mentions, but uh, yeah, I liked the. Com- I love like coming of age movies if they're really done well. You mm-hmm. know, you know the formative years of our lives. I look back fondly on you know, and it's so it's it's fun to experience those moments with someone else. And Timothy's in it, which you know it was kind of before his stardom, but. Uh, I love his character in it. Just kind of like this pretentious, like too cool for everything high school student. That's just like really funny to me. Mm-hmm. And the female coming of age story was, it was nice. It was different. And I, I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, Parasite. I still have not seen Parasite. That's an accomplishment. Oh, sorry. Yes, I thought definitely. we were doing that from earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was good. I remember wanting something else to win best picture, but I, can't remember what it was now. I have to look it up. But one thing I realized is like I have not seen any of that guy's movies. And I looked up a trailer for a movie called Memories of a Murder or Memories of Murder that like kind of put him on the map. And the trailer I watched a couple weeks ago and I was like, wow, this movie looks really good. And it's about uh, a serial killing that happened in Korea. And it's kind of a loose adaptation of that story and the visuals of it look incredible so i've been meaning to that's that's on my list as well as parasite but yeah just initially i was like doesn't i don't particularly i'm not drawn to it by the trailer it was good it was extremely well made and it was oh jojo it was up against jojo rabbit that that jojo yeah which we can say surprisingly Jojo Rabbit was not really on any of the top lists that I looked at. Which is strange to me. It's really I, weird. I really yeah. did expect it to be on there because I really, really and enjoyed it. It's so good, and like especially because Taika is kind of like 
this sought after filmmaker mm-hmm. and you know writer now and so yeah I, I definitely thought that when you mentioned that before we were recording I was like yeah that is weird that especially since it was up for so many awards yeah. Yeah. at that time uh, I thought Parasite was super overrated I thought it was I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because it's like oh no the, the tone shift in the middle of the movie is crazy it's just like I don't I none of the imagery really landed on me. No, you don't understand. They live underground and then they come up just like parasites, you know, and like and they leech onto people and they leech onto rich people just like par- it's like yeah, I get it. Okay. Like I don't this is not I thought it was super overrated. It it reminded me a lot of us um yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, watching no, I, it. Yeah, we, like the yeah, you're right. metaphorical stuff is really it's fine. It, it is and I think it at a certain point it can take away from an actual story. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm want, I'm here to watch this movie and this story. Like sure. I want to be invested in a character, not a metaphorical character. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. It's and not my thing. And so much of that is like a dark because it was a dark comedy, and but so much of the humor is lost in translation, literally. Yeah. You know, and it's like yeah, I, I'm reading the joke before they deliver it, and that always destroys comedy. You know, if you're reading the punchline before the punchline's even done. Comedy's delivered, you know, hard when it's not in your native language. Yeah, and so, you know, yeah. the f- comedy didn't land for me. I, I get the tongue-in-cheek of some of the jokes, but they I didn't laugh at them. So it's just, I don't know. I thought it was super overrated, but whatever. Moving on. Yes, Roma. please. Alfonso. Moving on. Uh, Roma, Alfonso Cuaron's film that debuted on Netflix. Uh, We've all seen it. <laughs> I was going to say I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. I haven't seen it. I have. Okay, here we go. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> it was fine. It it had a lot of um, hype around it when it was coming out. Because it won Best Picture? Or Cinematography, maybe. I think it won Best Cinematography, which is uh, Chivo Lu- Lubeski, I think is how you say his last name. He shot Birdman. He shot mm-hmm. The Revenant. Uh, shot Gravity. Yeah. Quote, unquote, shot Gravity. <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was well shot. He shot it on a big format um, digital camera, the Emulate 65 millimeter film in black and white. And it was kind of inspired by his upbringing and this kind of like made kind of babysitter that was in his life growing up and his family going through a divorce. And it was very fine. I don't know. Uh, hmm. I was kind of let down by it. It was really hyped up, and then I thought it was okay. And you okay. knew that it was on these lists before you watched it, or you went in with, like, nothing? Going in, it had been hyped up oh, quite okay. a bit. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, before. I saw it when it came out. Okay. I didn't really feel much for that one. Hmm. Uh, moving on. Moonlight. Did not see it. I didn't see it either. Same. Oh. So, we can't really say anything about it. I know people love it though. Yeah, it's on almost everyone's top list, especially know, that year, obviously. But I know the bits I've seen of it look really visually impressive. I just don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Get Out. I I have seen it. I cannot believe. Ask Chelsea when we were at the shop and I was scrolling through some of these lists. I mean, I was so many on these lists. I was like, no way. I'm like, She was like, what? And I was like, I'm looking at these movies. I cannot believe these are... There's so many good movies, and I didn't even... That didn't even cross my mind. It's the... Well, I mean, the reason it's on there, I think, of a top... Talk me down. I'm down. Well, 
the cultural aspect of it is gives a lot of weight to it. Um, in terms of getting people on, on people's top list mm. or a list of the best of yeah. something. Um, I'm with you though. I don't, in terms of like crafting and uh, filmmaking, I don't, I don't see, there's some sequences that are pretty good. Yes. Like of him in the black abyss, you know, yeah, yeah, that, like yeah. him being hypnotized. Like there's some cool art stuff that, that Jordan Peele did, but like in terms of top of a decade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how that could be on a list. I but. would generally feel the same way. I thought it was fine. I'm not a big horror movie fan in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that could be another reason. Maybe the, maybe the horror genre for this decade was weaker and that's going to be on there no matter what. Maybe. I mean, I think I could even, that's when you, when you shot the idea of, genre specific choices i was like okay i that would have been the hardest genre for me too but i still think i can think of two or three better horror movies than that but i never and we talked about this and with us when we saw these together Mm -hmm. i never really classified either of those as horror they were suspense to me get out was a thriller yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. you know but um I everyone calls it a horror movie, so I absolutely know I'm in the minority. But yeah, I just could not believe that well, one on there. I think that people just lump those together now, even though I yeah. think th- horror and thriller are much different. I think if there's graphic deaths in a movie, people tend to associate it with horror for some reason. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. probably true. Uh, and then finally, Black Panther was on a lot of lists, uh-huh. which kind of surprised I... me. Uh, I know it was highly reviewed and everybody saw it. Right. To me, whenever I saw it, I was like, this is a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Had some pretty weak computer graphics in it as oh, well. Oh, it was, I think it's the, it's the valley of CGI for Marvel. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially that ending fight mm-hmm. in the basement of yeah. whatever that. With the train above them. Trains yeah. were in though. Trains were in, hot. In their defense. The, we should tell, we have a whole, a whole section <laughs> yeah. about the trains sec, yeah. uh, of that decade. Um, I saw a brief mm. sketch on YouTube that was like what it's like to say you're not interested in seeing Black Panther and it was a guy talking to Skating someone else around it. and he's like oh man you're gonna go see Black Panther and he's like nah I'm I'm just not super into Marvel and he's wearing a KKK hood sure. oh um, no yeah he's like that's what you feel like saying you don't care about yeah. seeing Black Panther which I think is unfair you know to sure have that put on you but I think that was kind of put on people mm. if you're not interested in seeing it Especially if you're just not interested in seeing it, in seeing it because you don't like Marvel. Well, and the, it's not even take that to another level of putting it on a top list. Not even are you interested in seeing it? Why is it on a top list for that same reason mm. of being afraid to not have it on that yeah. list? Yeah, I, I don't see how it is much different than the Avengers or yeah. Uh, again, not my cup of tea. Sure, like. I mean, style-wise, anyway. Marvel so. has generally been making the same movie for like ten years. Yeah, and I should think of, that's another thing. Is like, think of three Marvel movies that are better than that. Yeah, in the decade, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. Endgame. Yeah, the Endgame's first not on the list anyway. Endgame, Ragnarok. I mean, Ragnarok. Yep, all of it. So I just, I that I couldn't. That was the other one when I was scrolling. I was like, no way! It's like every list. I was like, the CG's terrible. I don't think. Michael B. Jordan did that well. I think he overacted. I mean, I think it was mm-hmm. not good. And I, it's just, it's predictable. 
I love Kendrick Lamar, and I didn't even like the soundtrack. It's like I, I just I, that one whole thing, thing I don't understand. Guys, we like Red Letter Media. One thing they pointed out about they pointed it out about uh, Wonder Woman. They pointed it out about Captain Marvel and Black Panther. It's like why? So why are we championing championing these big products as social equality movies? Right. Whereas like Moonlight is about yeah. a young black man that's also gay. Right. And like those are movies where if you're if you're caring about a social aspect of a movie, it's that kind of movie that you would probably want to pay attention to. Sure. Not mm, a giant multi hundreds of millions of dollars product by Disney. You know, <laughs> like sure. that's that is fake social representation. Sure. You know what I mean? It's a it's pandering social representation. Hmm. Yeah. To in my opinion, I mean, Moonlight won Best Picture, so it's not like yeah. it's not celebrated and not no sure. one saw it. But right. But uh, I think he just means to like, put it on these these corporate. Yeah. It shouldn't be on the entities. same level as Moonlight. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't think they should be on the same lists. Right. You know, even though we haven't seen it, we know it's a better picture. Sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Black Panther as yeah. well. But all right, so we're gonna kind of switch gears and talk about the ones that we really liked from the decade. We're just kind of gonna alternate. We'll give a little blurb about why we like it so much. We can sort of briefly discuss, but we're gonna try and move through them relatively quickly. Yeah, we're gonna discuss our favorites. Spoiler. Uh, we're gonna try and be spoiler free as much as possible. Uh, so one of my favorites of the last decade was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Denis Villeneuve is a fantastic filmmaker, and Roger Deakins is a great cinematographer. I loved the original Blade Runner, and this is a surprising entry to a 40-year-old franchise, almost, that not only lived up to the original, but I would argue is debatably just as good as the original Blade Runner. Can it be as good if it doesn't have as many versions? That's <laughs> that is, the question. It is a fair, fair <laughs> question, but that is for another podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really loved Blade Runner 2049. Uh, do you have the years next to them? Uh, I don't. Okay, I'll just look them up as we go through. I wrote them down, but just for fun, I think that would be fun to provide sure. for people. Uh, 2049 came out in 2049. So, uh, no, 2017. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Blade Runner 2049 came out in 2017. I just thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it was really good. I just watched it uh, not that long ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, again, that was the f first time I watched it since it was in theaters. Um, it's pretty impeccable in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, visually, I think that's the strongest part of the, the film. Yeah. Obviously, you know... Ryan Gosling is subdued and he's supposed to be, you mm -hmm. know, um, but the visual aspect is so amazing. It should be the archetype for a sequel that includes the main character of the first one yeah. without uh, just like the fully taking of, advantage the of. The opposite of Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it should be the. the Ironically blueprint. with the same actor. Jacob, your first movie. These are in no particular order, by the way. Yeah, it's not a like. I guess it could have been number one on your your list, but it it's, that's just because it was first doesn't mean it was right. Yeah. Okay. Um, mine will probably go in chronological order because I have the 
list in chronological order. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Inside Lewin Davis, which came out in 2013, uh, starring Oscar Isaac. Uh, also has Justin Timberlake and Adam Driver in it, which is just crazy. So I really enjoyed Inside Lewin Davis. I think music movies are so hard to do well, and I think this one is just... It's so good, and... It's just a, it just follows a singer songwriter has John Goodman in it. I mean, it's just he he has a cat in the whole movie. I mean, it's just hitting so many boxes, you know. And it's like uh, the songs are good. I love John the Goodman has a cat. No, we're no spoilers, right? Right. Okay, I can't talk. Okay, yeah. Well, you see it, find <laughs> out who has the um, cat. I love the soundtrack. Uh, the Coen Brothers are a very slice of life filmmakers and. I I loved Inside Lone Davis. So I also enjoyed it. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it, so I, I need to watch it. I've been told many times by a few different people I need to watch it. Peyton. Uh the first one I have is Social Network. It came out in two thousand ten. David Fincher, Jesse Eisenberg. It's about the founding of Facebook. It is. The reason that I love it really has nothing to do with that whole thing. Yeah. It's just if I didn't know what Facebook was, it would still be one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's incredibly well written. It's also one of my favorites on my list. Aaron Sorkin's list just mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin's just anything he writes, I love. Yeah. It and doesn't Aaron matter. Aaron Sorkin and Fincher together in particular was a great combination. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It was on my uh, my long list, but it did not make my short list. But yeah. I, I did really. Yeah, it's well written. Justin Timberlake. I mean, hey. Common denominator. There you go. The X Factor. I also heard that he kills it in Palmer. I think it's an Apple it looks original good. that just yeah. came out, so we should probably watch that. Um. Anyway, yeah, I I really like the Social Network. So I was just gonna echo what Peyton said. Is like the writing is incredible. The performances are all good. Um. It's got a. I know this shouldn't factor into the quality of the movie, but it's got a great making of documentary on it as well. Yeah. The first real Trent Reznor Atticus Ross score. Um, he had done some bits here and there for different movies, but that was his first full length score for. Did a film he and it's do? Really good. Oh, he didn't do the score to seven. No, he just did that one. They just, just the took opening that. Song. That's a Nine Inch Nails yeah. song. Okay. Uh, my next movie, Death of Stalin, also 2017. Wow, I did not expect that to be on your top five. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, I was just kicking myself for like not asking for like coverage for work that day when you guys went and saw it. I was like, dang, I could have went and. Saw one of Wes's favorite it's movies of the decade. Hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah. I really, really love that movie. Um, the writing in it's really clever. All the performances are great. I love so I'm a big Monty Python fan, and the second Michael Palin I, I knew oh, Michael yeah. Palin was in the movie, I was like so on board. Didn't matter what the movie's about. Yeah, it's just a really interesting movie because it's a comedy, but it doesn't shy away from the reality of like what would happen in a regime change and a it's, dictatorship. It is very similar to Jojo Rabbit in that sense. Yeah. Like, there's some like heavy stuff going on, but it's really funny. Yeah. I would say it's darker than Jojo Rabbit uh, in terms of content is probably more violent Yeah, at times. But uh, yeah, it's just really, really funny. My next one I picked was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, mm. That also came out in 2013. Um, what, I mean, uh, what can you it's say? It's on my honorable mentions. It didn't quite make the top I mean, What list. can you say? You know, like, it's, it is probably the best soundtrack of the decade. It's such a I good think. pairing. It's, yep. 
Um, but also it just is heartwarming and it makes you want to travel. It makes you want to, I don't know. It's just, it's so bright. Um, and I, it's a tone that is hard to capture without being cheesy and they nailed it. It's like, um, I just, the only way I can describe it is like, it's a very freeing movie. Yeah. I don't know. He's so lovable and he never, Walter like never ever crosses my mind as like a loser either. Cause a lot of times in those stories yeah. is like he lives at home and has four forks and two plates right. and you know, it's He's like very average, very yeah. normal. And I mean, he works at time magazine or life magazine, Yeah, but yeah. that's a great, that's and a pretty good job. Him and Kristen but Wiig like, like have the chemistry is just like so good. And, um, shoots film. Like it's like so many things for yeah. us, like where sure. it's just, um, uh, Really cool and yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Called a ghost cat. I really, really, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sean I really enjoyed it choice. when I when I first saw it. I just haven't been back to revisit it, and I really need to. Um, I remember Patton Oswalt being pretty funny in it as well as yeah. the guy from E Harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up? That's, I mean, we say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he just like calls him on the phone. He's like, what's up, Peyton? What's your next movie? Uh, Looper is my next movie. Whoa. Yeah. It's super it, it in in theme it's not original. Time travel's been done a million times. Sure. Um in execution I thought it was very original. Yeah. I don't know. It was for some reason it really stuck out to me sci-fi wise mm-hmm. and I mean who doesn't love Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say I don't usually, but I really liked him in that. Another reason is, like, you've got Bruce Willis doing stuff that he is not really... He doesn't do a lot. Like, he's he's different in that movie to me than he is, you know, in Die Hard and the stuff that he's known for. scary. Yeah. um, Right. Yeah. I was really impressed with the cinematography of that movie. It's shot in anamorphic, so it has lens flares in it. It's got a certain look to it that um, if you don't know a ton about cinematography, um, that might not mean anything to you, but you, you'd recognize it as looking a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and the way they changed his face to make him look that like, as well. Yeah. Just really cool. Yeah. I thought Jeff Daniels was also really good in that. Yeah. Um, okay. My next film is Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk also from 2017. I realized Four of the movies on my list are from 2017. Isn't Jake that just weird? rolled his eyes, right? just so everyone knows. Um, Jake rolled his eyes. Definitely. <laughs> I rewatched it recently. I just maybe it's because I'm a sucker for World War II movies, but I loved loved that movie and um, visually, it's amazing. Every sequence within the airplanes in the fighter planes oh, yeah. is That's so great. good. Amazing. Um, some the, of the best plane action probably ever filmed, yeah. I would think, including Top Gun. I mean, I think it's yeah, it's it's just tense at points for me in in a entertaining way. Like yeah, if the the boat they're on is sinking and they're like stuck inside of it, or oh, yeah. um, there's just a few sequences in that movie that are really intense and really well done, and some of the like shots where I'm like, I don't know how they did that. Mm. I don't know how they're sinking boats and. Uh, how they shot. I mean, they shot most of that plane stuff for real. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's what sets it apart. I mean, yeah. and classic Nolan. Yeah. But I loved it. I mean, it's got Harry Styles in it. Sure. 
I'm sure Justin Timberlake's in there somewhere. Yeah, I think he's in the he background. Is. I think yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. just I think he just gets shot at some Him point. and Michael Caine are always in Christopher yeah. Nolan movies, mm-hmm. I think. Um yeah, Dunkirk is fine. I you've never I've never wanted to hate a movie so much right now than how much you love Dunkirk. It's just like every time you bring it up, I'm like, I hate Dunkirk. And then I'm like, no, I don't. I just really want to. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's not that good. Just to be contrarian? <laughs> I think it's not that good. And you just like love it. So that's that's yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah. It's just so fun. Anyway, um, why would you define it as not that good? That's maybe that's a listen to the Nolan episode. I'm sure we talk about. Yeah, I'm sure Um, we do. I will say that one real quick, so I can talk about Dunkirk. If anyone ever has a problem with Nolan's sound design, they need to listen. It. They need to listen. They need to watch that movie because that was the first movie I remember saying, "Holy crap, this matters." You know, it's just so. Well, there's like, so little dialogue in it that it's it's all driven forward by sound. Yeah, I'm also reading that Nolan biography that you gave me, mm-hmm. and he basically composed the score for Dunkirk. Oh, interesting. And that's, that's from awesome. Hans Zimmer saying it. That's wow. like Dunkirk's like been one of my favorite Nolan movies. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that totally makes sense now. The yeah. soundtrack. That's why I love it. Okay, yeah, I've just always loved it. All right, Jake, what do you got next? Um, Dunkirk? No, Interstellar, 2014. Also on my list. Maybe because I'm a sucker for space movies. Uh, (laughs) I really am, though. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the experience watching it, you know, driving out to California and, like, seeing it in the biggest movie theater I've ever been in in my entire life, like, not knowing Matt Damon was in it. Just you could hear (laughs) the crowd discovering it at the same time and... The soundtrack and like, uh, I, I, the design I, is and Timothy. Timothy's in it. Yep, true. So kind of before he was a star. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> every role he had was before the he design was a star. of it is yeah. in impeccable and yeah. the fact that they're watching the Yankees yeah. at like a high yeah. school baseball stadium just yeah. really cool. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I Tars is hilarious. And for me, I love that movie up until the last. 30 minutes and upon rewatch it's it's lost lost some impact for me Um, i really like i i know that that was a big issue for a lot of people you're not alone for sure Um, right it it really did it for me like it it was fine for me like a different movie to me in in the last 30 minutes and that's just my general feeling it's a tonal Shift. Connie just it doesn't hits work. it out of the park, though. I mean, like what he's really good at. Yeah. It. It's it's a conceptual tonal shift, yeah. I guess, for me. All of the other stuff really works well, like the design, all that kind of stuff. The thing that really brings makes that movie in the top five for me is the core of it, which is essentially love. Like he defines love in the in a way that is just it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. and the entire movie is about love essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's it. To do that in an action movie yeah. and and it not again, it not be lame and cheesy and like it still work inside of an action movie. Yeah, that's epic. Yeah, uh, how do you not? Some of those set there? pieces yeah. in that movie as well are just yeah. Pretty and I was doing more thorough like uh, Nolan diving than when Tenet came out, but it's like I I just I realized that a lot of his criticism was that his mo- movies are just like cold. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest thing is like, how can they be cold when at the center of almost every single one, it's yeah. 
It's emotion. Like, and it doesn't, yeah. it's not going to spell it out for you. Yeah, that yeah. might be why. It's you not, could maybe it's make not that argument against cozy. Tenant a little bit, and I think we talked about that yeah. in our Tenant review. But yeah, I I agree. I've I've never felt cold yeah. in a Tenant, or in a Nolan in movie, a in a Tenant movie. movie. In a Dunkirk movie. I mean, in a Dunkirk movie. <laughs> Did you want to just talk more about Interstellar? No, or I mean, that's, that's one? the one thing I wanted to bring into it is that the actual theme of the movie sure. is what put catapults it into the top five yeah. to me. Cool. You want to talk about another one? You want to do another one? Uh, is that what you did? Yeah, I think so. When he went and talked about something else. Yeah. Uh, my next one is La La Land. That's surprising. That's on my list. Wow. Top five? Not three, uh, so suck it. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, office. That is from Office Upcoming. Season 2. We're going to be Season 2 of this podcast is not for you. Um, yeah, La La Land, it's just... it's You've got a small section of films to work from when you're talking about a musical because mm-hmm. there's not that many of them. Um, but... It goes beyond that to me. It's the look of it. It is the... That is another movie that is shot anamorphic. So that same kind of look as Looper. Has, yeah. It's got that feel to it. Yeah. it. I don't know. Just those two together, their performance, Ryan Gosling and uh, Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. It's just... it's. Which La La Land came out in 2016. 2016. It that. captures... Uh, a lot of Los Angeles that you don't see, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, you're not used to seeing. Um, the music is amazing. The uh, You just feel the passion that it took to make that movie. Yeah. Um, and that that's, you know, he's openly, Damien Chazelle has openly said that multiple times. Like, that's the movie he wanted to make. Right. When he got into filmmaking, essentially. He made Whiplash so he could make La La Land. Yeah. So, I just love that movie. Jake, you want to talk about it since it's on your... Yes, I um, uh, I've had a lot of the same stuff, like the colors, the freaking scene where Ryan is playing at that pool party, is so funny. Yeah, and like the costume design and like yeah, Ryan and Emma's their chemistry is just so good. Amazing. And I think something that's surprising about surprising about Gosling is his comedic abilities as well. Yeah. Like he's really funny. Definitely. The yeah. scene where he walks in and I think it's his sister that's in his apartment, like startles him. And I don't know why people being startled in movies just mm-hmm. makes me laugh, but I remember laughing so hard at that moment. And I don't think I'd seen Ryan Gosling in a comedic role mm. before. Got you. And he just like, it surprised me. Yeah. His performance in that. Yeah. And then the soundtrack. Obviously, and yep. uh, the fact that they're actually singing—that's mm-hmm. such a big plus, you know. Especially in musicals, when you don't have to do that, you know. And this, there's a sequence near the end of the movie that is one of the most like. Was it the? F- the mon- Yeah, I'm talking about the montage yeah. of stuff. Yeah, but the, it's all real, and so the camera's just like zooming out. Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. F- f- yeah. That sequence near the end is just like really impressive. The, the movie up until that point, I was like, this is good. It's fine. And then that section was mm. like, oh, now they're doing something different, which yeah. is cool. Um, but, yeah. Cool. Um, cool, cool. My next movie is another 2017 film, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Phantom Thread. Um, I love P.T. Anderson's movies. He's my favorite filmmaker for sure. Like 2017? Yeah. And uh, that's 
just a really beautiful movie in every conceivable way. The cinematography is really good. Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe the best Johnny Greenwood score. Yeah, um, it, I think it is. I I have a soft spot, obviously, for There Will Be Blood and Masters scores as well, but because they're a little weirder. But mm-hmm. in terms of a classical Oof. movie score, Phantom Thread's pretty incredible. Um, and it was surprisingly funny, the movie. Yeah. Um, I did not expect to laugh as much as I did going into that movie. Because the trailer doesn't, like, uh, give that away, like, at all. It just looks like a love story yeah. drama. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for me to not put it on my top five. It's on my honorable mentions. There's a lot of, lot of lists I read, mm-hmm. though. And <clears throat> I was, I really enjoyed it as well. That, what's interesting about Phantom Thread is it made me want to go and watch more of P.T.'s work. Yeah. You know, because I was like, dang, I really like this. Maybe I watched his other stuff, you know, before I could appreciate it or, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I just remember it being a really really dynamic like love story yeah and i was reading today a lot of the press up leading up to it was like it's like they were calling it like pt anderson's 50 shades of gray i guess and then once it came out then everyone was like oh no we were way off so i just thought that was guessing yes i I thought it was super interesting because like i guess he had never done just like a Romance, romance film. before, and yeah. so they were assuming. And well, he had been talking about his inspirations, and he talked about a lot of like classic movies, like Rebecca, the movie mm-hmm. by uh, I believe it's by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, he calls it gothic romance, essentially. Mm. Where yeah, maybe because goth is gray. Yeah, or <laughs> nice. it's, it's Fifty Shades <laughs> of Gothic Gray. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the connection. But um, yeah, interesting. I had not heard about that. Beforehand. Would you say it's his most accessible film? Um, either that or just in terms of like the narrative styles he uses. Boogie Inherent Nights. Vice? Oh. No, Inherent Vice is definitely his least accessible. Yeah, really? but just the, I would think the Master was. I think Inherent Vice is less accessible because it's the the story is intentionally incoherent huh. because the book is. Yeah. Um. But huh. but Boogie would, Nights is Boogie Nights is graphic, but it's well. I just mean like its subject matter would be an inaccessibility point. For I people. suppose, yeah that that would be the only qualifier. But narratively, in terms of a movie, Boogie Nights feels like a more traditional movie in a lot of ways, mm. like done by someone that's really good at filmmaking. Uh-huh. But you can tell he's also you can tell the difference between. Boogie Nights, when that was made when he was like thirty or twenty, maybe in his late twenties at that point, and Phantom Thread when he's in his forties, like you can see the maturity level difference in the style. Yeah, it's way more like calm. And I was thinking about that too with the Coen Brothers the other day. Um, I watched some clips of their early couple movies, and and it's way more like frenetic and a bit more chaotic and fast and handheld stuff. And then you look at their stuff recently and it's way more even handed, Mm. way more subdued in terms of the camera work and classical in that sense. But, um, yeah, I would say Phantom Thread is probably his most accessible with Boogie Nights maybe being up there as well. Even though neither of those are remotely close to being my favorite of his. Yeah. Um, the next one, the last one, I guess, because 
we already talked about La La Land, would be Steve Jobs, Aaron Sorkin. Jake uh, stole my last one. The Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs, <laughs> 2015. Three uh, of our top five are the same. That's wow. pretty cool. Uh, I mean, and that's what's so interesting about all these movies. It's like they all have some aspect of relatability to uh, my interests or my life. Like Inside Lewin Davis, musician. Secret Life of Walter Mitty, he shoots film. Interstellar, nothing really, basically. Um, <laughs> Steve Jobs, I freaking love Steve Jobs. He, his whole thing, like how he built Apple and he wasn't the greatest guy, but he's a really good leader and he got the most out of people. You know, I love that. Um, La La Land, it's about this like era of Hollywood where, you know, they listen to records and he's a musician and she's an actress trying to make it work. Super relatable, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what's interesting, like looking at this list and compiling it. But Steve Jobs is just like, I mean, I, I remember watching the, you know, the iPod keynote and I remember watching the iPhone keynote and the fact that they, that's how they chose to structure the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like right up my alley and it's just like so well done too. It's like perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, soundtracks, freaking Seth Rogen's in it, and he's actually good, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like Jeff Daniels in it. Kate Winslet's really Kate good. Kate Winslet's in it. really good. It's just like I don't know. And then at the heart of it, it's like about him and his daughter, yeah. You know, and it's just like it's so good. Filmmaking wise, there's a lot of things that are amazing about it. Three separate acts, filmed three Literally. different ways. Yeah, uh, the designs three completely different ways. The, you know... I think they shot the first two on film, too. Yes. The first two actors on film. The first one is 16 millimeter, I think. Yeah. And then 35, and then digital. I mean, that's... Even if you make it look the same, it's still going to give you a different feeling, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then you've, again, an Aaron Sorkin script, and it's just played impeccably. It is a stage play, and it is... But it's shot... You know, you've got, I think that's my favorite thing about movies is when they are almost like a stage play in the way they're performed, but there's, you throw the filmmaking element into it and it becomes more than that in terms of dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, but the performance is, I think it's Jeff Daniels' best movie. Yeah. All right. So I guess that Did you like it? I I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I think I like Social Network a little bit more mm. and some of these other ones kind of pushed past it, but it yeah. could be up there for sure. Um, I, I, I will say since we're on the topic, the Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs, I got chills watching his performance because I know a lot of people that have seen both and listening to this, they're like, well, that one's, he, he you know, like... Looked more like him. Yeah, acted more like him. So I agree with you. I'm going to acknowledge that. But the the better movie, the Steve Steve Jobs Jobs movie is better. I got chills watching Ashton Kutcher. I got chills watching this movie, the Steve Jobs movie, you know, so. So I guess that leaves my last uh, one on the list, The Master, also by Paul Thomas Anderson, 2012, starring Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest in peace. When I saw this movie the first time, I was like, I think I liked that. And it's not an easy movie. It's it's not nearly as accessible as uh, There Will Be Blood or Phantom Thread or anything like that. It's, I would say, still more accessible than Inherent Vice. The more I watch it and the more I realize it's about a 
character that can't change. And I felt like PT was experimenting with that. Experimenting with an idea where the arc of the character, he doesn't end up really being any better. Um, he's stuck in his ways and who he is, he can't really get out of. Um, and it's just about this friendship between these two people and this kind of like brother brotherly love that develops between them, even though they're like not really good for each other. And, um, yeah, i also just love the way it was, it looked, it was shot in 65 millimeter and, um, the performances are incredible. There's a scene in the movie in the middle, roughly that's like, maybe some of the best 10 minutes of acting on film yep. like ever. Mm -hmm. And it's by both of them. Like right. they're both equally incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is, there will be blood is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but this is close to being on par with that. I think the yep. more I watch it, it grows on me more and more. Uh, I will just say this movie and, there will be blood. Those two. This one reiterated the fact that this always this happens only on certain movies for me. It's a weird thing that I do where I just it makes me laugh when because people it's so are good. so good at what yeah, they do. Absolutely. Um, that scene that you're talking about, I just start laughing because yeah. it, it. I I've done it a few times with some Harrison Ford stuff, like some indie stuff, some. There's just, it's rare, um, but it just, I can't help but laugh and smile because it's, it's not a funny scene. Right. It's dramatic. Very dramatic. Same thing I mean, with Daniel Day and There's and some things in blood. it that are funny. He's being mean or he's doing a, it, it just makes me laugh. He's so he's good. slapping Paul Dano across yeah. the face. But right. yeah, I, I also experience that sometimes and it's a rare, rare thing for sure. You have any thoughts on the master, Jake? We actually didn't finish it. I can't remember why, but we started it at your house. You and me? Yes. Hmm. And for whatever reason, we did not finish it. I can't remember why. It's not like we turned it off. Something came, came up, up or yeah. happened. or um, So I haven't seen it all the way through. So we got a couple honorable mentions to mention here at the end of Honorably. our podcast. Uh, so I'm just going to go through and... Uh, say one, and we're going to go around the room. Uh, for me, A Ghost Story, starring Casey Affleck. Never seen it. Really good. It was good. Nightcrawler, 2014, mm, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a good one. I That one is because I like he watching him in that sure. movie. It's, it's a so good. Yeah, wonderful performance. Uh, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. I yeah, thought still about need it. to finish that one. It's amazing. Uh, for me, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the best action movies I have seen in a very long time. It is amazing that that stayed up there for you. It's so crazy. I wouldn't have expected <laughs> He was it raving either. about it after he watched it in the theater. He's like, dude, that was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. It it really is. Yep. Uh, another one for me is The Big Short, 2015. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, see, based on a true story episode of this podcast is not for you. To hear more about the big short uh, from Jacob. Uh, Jojo Rabbit was on my honorable mentions. You got very close to being on mine as it's well. It's so good. It's so funny. Uh, Tenant, 
is on my honorable mentions. Nice. Tenet is on my honorable mentions. Hey. It's not on mine. Wow. How many times did you see it in theaters? Eight or nine. Wow. Not not enough to make it on his Is list. it me or are you doing a new one? That was the last one on my honorable okay. mentions. Uh, 12 Years a Slave is on my honorable mentions. Yeah, very close. Um, I would say the only reason it wouldn't go in a top five is it's be really hard for me to watch a lot. Yeah. And mm. I think that's a huge not, value in favorite watch. movies for me. But again, I'd roll it into that cloth of Moonlight and really in, and powerful mm. culture movie. Yeah. Above something like Black Panther. You right. know? Yeah. Uh, for me, Tree of Life. Terrence Malick movie starring Brad Pitt. Mm, really yeah. beautiful movie. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises is also in my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Do you cool. want me to explain that? Nah. Okay. We'll leave it up to interpretation. See, a Christopher Nolan retrospective yeah. to talk about The Dark Knight Rises more to hear him talk about that. Mm-hmm. True. All righty. Well, Gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been our kind of retrospective of the uh, last decade of movies and our favorites. And hopefully, this will thoughts. make you uh, or make you feel like you should go back and look at the past decade and and Watch see what your favorite classics. movies were. And um, we, yeah, we've make got a, a podcast episode got a about it. A couple more um, best of episodes mm-hmm. coming up. So if you enjoyed this, look forward to those. Yeah. It's fun to. Um, I feel like we just get so like narrow minded in our thinking is like, what came out this year? Okay. Next. Yeah. It's fun to think of art or our being alive as humans in decades of like, what did we do this past decade? I think people sometimes the thing that just came out that they liked the most is their favorite. Is the best. That's why I was kind of even hesitant to put Tenet in there because it's so fresh i i completely agree with you yeah yeah well thank you for listening hope you enjoyed it this has been this podcast is not for you i am wes season two two. episode two my name is wes my name is jake my name's season two episode two oh baby (laughs) and we will see you later see you later bye